Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable, the podcast where we explore the top performance habits in both business and life. Today, Tim is joined by Brian Gallagher, co-founder of Throwback Fitness, author of The Simple Man Guide, and a man who turned his back on the path he had spent 20 years carving, leaving behind a high-paying career as an investment banker in the heart of New York City to become a global citizen on a mission to simplify everything. Brian joined us from Croatia and shares with us how, by questioning the life he was told he should want, he's now able to live a life most of us only dream about. It's a great episode. Hope you enjoy it. We're very, very lucky today to be speaking to a person I consider now a friend after spending some time in Byron Bay earlier this year, and it feels like a lifetime ago, Brian, but Brian Gallagher, who is, for those of you following on social media, he is the simple man guide. And not only is the content he posts incredible, but Brian, even spending some time together earlier in the year, you are are paving the way for a lot of us that are choosing to break the shackles of what society expects from us. And I'm really happy to be speaking to you live from Croatia today, which is just another day in your life, really. But welcome. Really great to have you here, my friend. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on this. And and, uh, yeah, I I truly consider you and Alana friends now after already spending some time with you. And uh, you're maybe one of the only few people that I'd wake up at 5 a.m. for to, to chat with on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Now, you don't mind because I'm sure a lot of our listeners here will be checking you out on socials and going through and as they will, they'll inevitably, like all of us, love your content and want to follow your life around the world. But do you mind Thank giving you. us a little bit of context of maybe leading up to this point? Because I want to delve into, I guess, the lifestyle you're championing for a lot of people and the inspiration behind that. But you had a traditional sort of upbringing up to this point, haven't you? I mean, you're a New Yorker. You were yeah, doing the thing. Yeah. You were you headed into a corporate life. Can you maybe take us back there first and we'll give some context? Of course. So I'll go back to even the decision to like go to college. I mean, I thought about not even going and I and I didn't want to go for a while. I just didn't school wasn't really my thing. And I had some people that were kind of chirping in my ear, like, hey, you really need to do this. And I was like, okay, 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 fine, I'll go. I didn't know what I wanted to study. I never took that time to kind of think about what I really liked. It was more about just like people telling me which direction to head. I mean, as a 17-year-old, I had, you have no idea. You think you have all the time in the world. So I ended up going to school. I studied finance. Um, and once I didn't even know what I wanted to do with that. But once I got into that major, it was like, everyone's going to investment banking. So, okay, I want to go to investment banking. That's just kind of where I ended up going. I didn't get a job in that field right out of school. It's super competitive. It just didn't happen for me. So I went in accounting for Johnson & Johnson for two years. As I suspected, I didn't like it. Uh, So I was in this two-year program. I graduated the program. I quit shortly after. But because I had finally found that investment banking job I was seeking, a good friend of mine tipped me off to somebody that was hiring. And I interviewed. I got the job. I left Philadelphia and moved to New York and found an apartment, moved out of my old apartment, sold my car all within like 10 day span. And I moved to New York at 25 to start in investment banking, had to go and like buy a bunch of suits, go find an apartment, all this kind of stuff. And boom, I was in this career that I had thought I wanted for like all of my college time, you know? So I spent nine years there. Uh, not not happy, but not unhappy, if that makes sense. I didn't hate it. It wasn't like I dreaded going to work every day. 
it was a challenging field. It was very competitive. I was surrounded by super smart people. I worked with all executives from small mm. private companies. Like it was a really good job and it paid very well. It just wasn't, um, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. The biggest thing for me was when I got to about 30, I'd been there about five years. I was looking at the guys that were 10 years ahead of me. I just didn't want that. It wasn't bad. And I didn't think like, oh, those, I, what are these guys doing? It was just like, eh, that's just not for me. I don't, I don't want to do that. So I had a friend approach me. Um, I was probably 33 at the time. And then, you know, the wheels were already spinning yeah, yeah. about, I want to get out of here. He had a, an idea for a fitness studio. So we opened up a fitness studio in 2014. And I absolutely loved it. I, I loved coaching. I loved being around fitness. Like I loved kind of helping people with something that I felt incredibly passionate about, which had given me so many benefits in my life uh, for a really long time. And I just loved sharing that with other people. And it was, it was fun. It was fun. Like I was coaching classes and realizing like, this is my job. Like I love this. <laughs> this is what I like to do. The studio, we ended up closing in 2017. That business kind of transitioned into a corporate team building style company. It was because of the way we administered our classes. They were all fun and like game-based. So we were able to transition that to group events for companies. They really enjoyed the fun aspect of that. And it was a unique way to bring people together in a non-office setting. We were like the anti-office happy hour. You could go and everyone can stand around in a bar with a beer, but everyone's talking about work. Like what's the, what's the point of that? So we had something different. Thankfully, we found that because it kind of kept us afloat while we had the studio, which was a very tough business to run. Yeah. So we closed that. We were all kind of outdoors and now we'd even do virtual stuff. And then once we closed the studio, my wheels started turning. I was like, man, I really don't need to be in New York anymore. And I had started to make plans to leave. And I randomly booked a yoga teacher training in November, <laughs> last November in Ecuador. And my plan was to leave New York around July of this year. As I turned, being like the weird anal kind of finance guy, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll leave New York at 40. It'll be 15 years there. It'll be, the math adds up. It's perfect. <laughs> but I had this teacher training in Ecuador in November. And I was like, I'm just going to leave now. So I got rid of all of my stuff. I gave away all my furniture, like my bed, my couch, everything. Wow. I packed up a couple boxes of things and I drove to my parents' house and I dumped them there. So like I and I wrote in that last post too. I was like, I do have a couple boxes of my parents. So maybe I'm a little less simple than just my <laughs> backpack. So yeah, I packed it up and I dumped some things off of my parents. I took a 40-liter backpack and I I left and I didn't come back into the United States until mid-June. And I stayed for about a month and then I left and I've been I've been out of the country. So I left November 1st and I've been in the country for about a month since then. So I've been out for, I don't know, nine months or so. And uh, I don't have any plans on going back. And I've kind of, I don't have any plans on going back yet. My passport expires in a year. So I, sure. I, I, I mean, I have to go back at some point. But I kind of found like a way to make this work. The work I'm doing now is again, like building my own personal brand and trying to help people realize that there are other ways that they can lead their life as opposed to the ways that we are kind of fed by society from a very young age, me included. I finally realized that like, if I don't, if I don't look up and question everything, I'm just going to go the same way. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do. So I had to kind of think differently. And, and I think now I've kind of found, I found the way that I can make that work. 
and I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of like pick new places and 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 be able to do my work from there while, while treating it as a living situation, not a vacation. And I talked oh, about yeah. that in my last post too. It was like, people think I have my apartment still and I'm just kind of out gallivanting around, but I'm like, no, I mean, I cooked dinner in my apartment last night. Like I, I don't go out to eat every night. I'm yeah. not like partying. That's because I'm 40, not because I, <laughs> you know, like not because I'm like on vacation. Like I just don't party anymore. But yeah, just treating this like a living situation. And like I work in the mornings and then I go do and explore and enjoy the area that I'm staying in in the afternoons. And that's kind of how my days are run now. But if you're, if you're smart about the way you spend your money, I mean, you can make this work. It's not, it's not super expensive. I mean, this Airbnb that I'm staying in, which is literally right on the water, I'm paying, I think, 48 bucks a night. Like, so it's pretty cheap. I mean, way cheaper than I was paying. I, I look Especially at my, I, I keep prices. my New York expense. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I'm falsely like viewing my expense level, but I'm looking at it in New York and think about how much I spent there. And as long as I'm spending less than that, I feel good personally. Now I could probably get that way lower based on some of the areas that yeah, I'm staying, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm content for now. But I'll continue to refine this process as I go. And so far, I think I've kind of struck a nice balance and I'm happy. You've taken the unique position of the ultimate entrepreneurial mindset, but actually applied it to your direct life. Not, I'm going to build a business. And then I'm going to sell it. And then I'm going to have a lot of money. And then I'm going to go my traveling. Yeah. Even years ago when Tim Ferriss poured out all his books around, yeah. you know, four-hour work week and getting these sort of things. I mean, it sort of challenges your thinking, but it takes a lot to execute something like that. I know you, for you it's become, this is just the way I live. But to me, this is the ultimate entrepreneurial expression, which is how am I going to enjoy my life the most? while I'm in the best yeah. shape of my life. And we'll talk about the fitness in right. a minute, but you're optimizing the key years of your life, doing things that are enjoyable yeah. where fools like myself are planning around, oh yeah, retirement. There's still that traditional, yeah. I guess, consideration. Yeah. Have you always been an alternate thinker, even when you were considering college? Are you always finding yourself against the norm or is this just you go sort of after your gut? More so, I feel like I find I find that, and I didn't do this before, so I try to do it now. Is just kind of question everything. Just is this is this right for me? Like, yeah, everyone else does this, but is this what I want? Is this right yeah. for me? There really are no rules, right? I mean, you don't have to do you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it. I mean, you can write your own script, right? I mean, it's yeah. your life as long as you are not like. Um, if you're married or if you have kids or that kind of thing, it, it totally changes the ballgame. So I know that I'm in a unique situation. And honestly, I don't run across too many people like our age that aren't married that don't have kids. Yeah. Not that I mean that there's no right or wrong way. I'm not I don't know that my way is right. Who knows? But if you're in that situation and there are other ways that you can think about how you want to lead your life, I mean, that's what I tried to do is just like figure out what I liked and what I didn't like and try to, as simply as I can think of it, try to get rid of the things I don't like and focus on what I do like to do and, and see how I can incorporate that in my life. Now, I feel fortunate too because my, my lifestyle prior to this, while I was living in New York, I was unknowingly doing this at first, just saving money and not spending... Um, everything I had. And, and I talked about this recently in a yeah. post too, because someone had asked me and like, 
as my salary increased and I rose through levels at investment banking, I could have easily like ratcheted up my lifestyle and got my own huge apartment or bought a yeah. car or even bought an apartment. But every time I sat down to think about that, it was always like, why do I want to do this? I mean, I know, yes, it's nice to have a beautiful apartment, but I didn't care about that stuff that much. That almost came through in my mind as like, that's just for other people to like, to validate me, like I, I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm fine living in my two bedroom apartment, spending shit money for rent, and just banking everything I can because I mean, I had debt when I got out of school and I hated it. It just drove me nuts seeing money pulled out of my account every month. And I was like, man, I just don't want that again, no matter what form it's in. I mean, I, I don't even, I know people talk about good debt, bad debt, but like to me, it's just, it all feels bad. It all feels like here, you're handcuffed. You have to do this. You have to stay here. To me, now again, yeah. like not everyone's, I have people that when I wrote something like that, people disagree with me. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to say my way is right. It's just what I do. I never try to like take that voice where you should do this. This is like, if you're curious, this is what I did. And this is how I think about it. That's it. I'm not saying my way is the right way or your way is the wrong way. I'm just sharing what I did. If that inspires you to do something different, great. If not, also cool. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just sharing what I want to share. And if people find value in that, great. I get questions. So I try to tend, I try to lead my things in a certain direction and answer people's questions because if there's curiosity, I, I hope that what I've done or what I've learned or what I'm doing can help others to do something that they want to do. If somebody reaches out to me and says, oh man, you really inspired me to do this. Awesome. It makes me feel so good. And and some guy just wanted to chat with me over the weekend because he's yeah. like, dude, you really inspire me. I think I want to do this. And like I talked with him on the phone for half an hour, answered all of his questions, and now he's like the wheels are in motion for him to like leave his job in March. Incredible. I'm just trying to help people and not saying my way is right or wrong. It's just, hey, here's what I do. It's an interesting thing. And for everyone who's going to look Brian up, you're the most structured nomad. I think I've ever seen on this planet. <laughs> and this is the thing, I, I love it. There's this, this whole paradox between you're not a drifter. You're boundless in terms of your options because nothing's restraining you, but you're such a structured guy and everything else. And we can talk about yeah. the fitness and things you do because you're almost military regiment. And from what you post and yeah, you know, only yeah. knowing you in the relationship we have, but you're a very structured guy, aren't you? I mean, you don't miss. I mean, you don't miss a training session. Usually not, yeah. Is discipline one of the key ingredients for this? Because I think a lot of people are attracted by the perception of, I can do whatever I want. You do exactly yeah. what you know you need. Would that be a fair comment? Yes. I think to get to your first yeah. comment, discipline is very, discipline is crucial. And discipline is, for me, it's crucial in two ways. So it was crucial before I left because discipline kept me in line spending-wise. Yeah. So it made me think about what I was spending my money on. And to me, having more money in my bank account meant more options and more freedom for me. Yeah. Whereas I understood or I, I felt the fleeting nature of the happiness that comes with buying things for me. The anticipation is great when you, when you want to get something, then you buy it. And then three weeks later, it's just the norm and you need that next hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I was able to get myself out of that cycle, that opened up a whole new kind of like a mindset for me where my spending actually became like a fun little discipline game. It was like, okay, I don't have to spend on this. I'm not going to, that's more money in my bank. And now I look at it as, okay, I have this much money. That is this much time that I don't have to work for somebody else. So it yeah, makes yeah, me yeah. think of it that way. 
discipline now for spending is the same in that, yeah, you're in these beautiful places and it's very easy to kind of get sucked in to, okay, I want to go to out to eat every night and I want to go have drinks everywhere and all this stuff. And like, you kind of have to reel your mind in a bit. So I think discipline in those two areas are crucial. It's also crucial for me with respect to kind of keeping my body in shape as well. Like if my discipline falls off with my eating, my mental game weakens. Like I noticed when if I go on a couple of days where I'm eating like sugary processed foods, like it starts to gum up my tank a bit. It gets me slower. I'm less motivated to work out. I'm less motivated to eat healthy and it just becomes a very like bad cycle that it's hard to snap yourself out of. And I totally noticed the difference from eating crappy foods versus good foods. Yeah. And that's on a consistent basis. Dude, I'll eat ice cream three, four times a week. I love it. Yeah. I'll eat shit food like as snacks, but I don't make it a consistent practice because when I do, I notice the effects within a couple of days. I want to sit on the couch more. I want to sleep later. I don't want to get out and work out. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. have to I have to keep that part structured because that keeps everything else kind of going. I didn't realize this until probably like about a year or two ago. I was like, yeah. man, it really makes a huge difference. That's one of the reasons that I try to like lead with the fitness stuff. It's like, look, this is like a foundational component to keep yourself in like a productive mode on a consistent basis. If your food and your kind of your movement is off, everything else to me, for me, kind of crumbles and starts to get weaker yeah, and weaker. Yeah. It's just super important for me. And it's done so many things for me, not just physically. That's why I want to yeah. share the benefits of that and, and, may, and have people understand that. And like, this is kind of where it all starts. It's a really interesting me. one. When we used to own our gyms years and years ago, one of the key things we would talk about is anchoring something in your life and fitness being a really great one if you get it right. But one of the things we used to make clients do was we'd ask them just for once in their life, just once, we want you to get as fit as you think you could ever get just to feel what it's like to be human in a healthy body. We, we just forced them. I said, I don't care if after that you're going out 20 pizzas, you never feel it, but just feel it once what it's like because what you're explaining now, it actually you start operating in a different dimension, don't you? Everything changes. Everything. Yeah, it definitely does. And, and everything changes for the worst <laughs> if you don't do that. For, for, for me, again. And now I'm in a situation you're so humble. where- It actually, I'm, for I'm, everyone, every human, <laughs> I'm going to say it. They're like, you're so nice. Don't you know? Just listen. No, no, bullshit. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> so for me now, we're like, I mean, a lot of people are the same way too. Like I'm on my own and I have to find my yeah. own motivation, you know, like I'm working on my own project. I'm working for myself and I'm trying to build something on my own. And without that motivation, it would take way longer. Or it would never yeah. get done. And I would kind of just fall into this, man, well, I'm at the beach. So I might as well just <laughs> kind of lay in the beach all day and like go eat shit food and have drinks every night. I need to keep that because... I need to keep kind of moving forward towards my goals and I don't want to I don't want to lose sight of those and I don't want to fall out of that mindset where I continue to work towards what I want and if I let that fitness and that eating kind of slip I can see that happening and I I love I love that idea of just hey just do this once do this once see what it feels like and I'm sure that inspired a lot of people to be like you know what this feels pretty damn good I don't want to veer away from this 
that's such a good thing, man. I, I mean, that's a really good idea. I've never heard that before, like from a gym owner. And that's, yeah. that's fantastic. No, we, we really job. enjoyed it because you see people, even if they don't stay at the pinnacle and you, and you know it too. I mean, we all go through peaks and troughs, you know, but we, we, if we yeah, sit somewhere between 80 and 100 for a majority of our lives, A, it's a life yep. extension because you're staving off everything that's not yep. good. But oh, just course. to actually yeah. wake up not feeling tired, to actually enjoy quality sleep, all the little things you just don't realize happen when you are at least semi-fit. When you see everyone will laugh when they look at Brian's um, Instagram and all that because he is super fit and healthy. If we could all be that well, we'd be, we'd be good. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask you this question then, Brian. If you were yeah. advising yourself as a 25-year-old, so you've just got to New York, you've just got your job, would there be anything you would like to tell that person in terms of shaping the life or not you personally because I think you came in with the option that you were always going to question the norm, but what, what would you do yeah, if you're yeah. educating yeah. now sort of people getting at the start of their career and thinking about these things and having that yearning that this is probably not what I want in life? What would you tell them of where to start? I wish that I had kind of spent more upfront time listening to what I really liked, what I enjoyed doing. And I know some people are going to say like, yeah, but you can't always make a living out of what you love. Maybe you can. And I would have liked to kind of explore that option earlier. I mean, maybe that wouldn't have got me where I am right now because I did work in a pretty well-paying job and that allowed me to save money and like make investments that I would have otherwise not been able to make, which have now set me up in the position that I'm in now. But I didn't do that work where I followed or listened to what I love. Maybe I would have gotten into fitness or something else. I don't even know what. It could have been something else. I just didn't do that personal digging to figure out what it was that I really wanted to do. Because I feel that I see people going into jobs or careers that I know they don't like. I mean, yeah. very few people are like, I love accounting. Find me five people that love <laughs> accounting. They don't love accounting. It's just a well-paying job that they went to school for and they invested a lot of time in. So they're like, well, shit, yeah. now I have to stay here. There are very few people passionate about accounting. And what I've usually found is that like, if you take that path, and me mm -hmm. included, I did the same. If you take that path, there becomes a point where, and I'm hearing people start to tell me now that you start to grow tired of trading time for money. If it's something you're not passionate about, if it's something you don't love, it's so funny. You hear all these things about social media, follow what you're passionate about, follow what you're passionate about. People always like poo poo that stuff. And that's true to a point, right? Because my view is that if you want to be the best in what you're doing, you're never going to outperform people who are passionate and love what they're doing. And the easiest way that I thought about this was like, I, when I was in investment banking, I was covering like engineering companies. I didn't give a shit about engineering companies, but I was working with guys who would like sit at home and read engineering <laughs> magazines on the weekend. I'm like, how am I going <laughs> to compete with this guy? Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible. So I can't be here if I want to be happy and if I want to just be good at my job. I could be good, but I'm never going to be the best. I'm not going to outperform this guy who reads engineering magazines on his free time. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, I think finding out what it is you like and kind of striking a balance between what it is you like and what it is that can pay you, that you can make an income from and not just kind of swaying all the way to the right where it's just something that pays me well because you will grow tired of it and you will want to leave and not something that you're super passionate about that you can't earn any living from now has to be somewhere kind of in the middle. And I know that's a hard, that's a hard thing and, and not everyone's going to get it right. But I would say 
hey, try to figure out what you like and not just chase money right away. That that would be kind of what I'd like to tell my 25-year-old self. And 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 live below your means. Always. Don't live above your means. So stupid. I was reading on your um, post the other day and I was really interested because people are obviously fascinated by how to finance this type of life because mm-hmm. I think they'll understand, particularly listening here, that there's work to be done to have this type of life. you still got to work at it. There's a discipline. Yeah, but yeah. you said something which for a lot of us that are probably, maybe it's with maturity, which is live below your means. And I was thinking about it after I'd read it because I could see the reaction on social media that there was a couple of really cool posts of people like, I chose something below my means and I feel great. I'm starting to feel like I'm back in control. And you actually realize you're 100% correct. Everyone's heard live below your means. Nobody does it. If they did, we wouldn't have these chronic debt problems or retail debt problems across the world. I think there is something massively unexplored in that. And maybe we talk a little bit about, you know, you're financing this lifestyle, but it's not the financing. I mean, this whole idea of making better decisions, not decisions to fit into your current expected lifestyle. Because I have the same problem with a lot of our business clients. As soon as they start to get free cash flow, they're trying to reflect the life of a successful business owner as opposed to the most wealthy people I know. You would have no idea how much money they've got. You never know. You never Gentle, know. kind, and humble. <laughs> yeah, and, and not showy. At all. It's always the people they that They don't have like, a Lambo, but they could have 20. <laughs> yeah. You see social media posts about too. The people that wear all the brand names are the people that are like buying that shit on credit cards. And this was, this was yeah. a big indicator for me. This was something that always stuck in my head. There was one meeting that I went into when I was in banking and all of the bankers, all the people that were finance professionals were all wearing suits and ties and the wealthiest guy in the room comes in in a black t-shirt and a pair of jeans. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to wear the suit. And he didn't care. He's like, I'm going to come to this meeting and you guys want my money. I was like, I'm just going to wear a t-shirt. I don't care. That was another like mm. kind of eye opener for me. Like when I thought about it for me, it was like, who is all that stuff for? Who is the nice apartment for? Who is the massive yeah. TV and who is the nice car for? Yeah, it's nice to drive around in something that's beautiful. But like when I really think about that, I don't give a shit. I just don't care. And living below your means for me was just trying to break my head out of that cycle of like, Make sure you're buying things that you need and that aren't to that aren't for outward validation. Like if you want to have something nice, like yeah, maybe you do like some things nice. Like I liked nice suits and I liked watches. So once a year I would buy myself a nice custom suit and a nice watch. Everything else went yeah. in the bank. That was it. And my biggest decision that really helped me get to this spot where I'm at now is like I shared in that post was living in that apartment that I lived in for 12 years. I didn't care if I made X amount per month. I didn't need to spend 80% of that on an apartment. Like for what? It was just, it made no sense to me. And I didn't care that I was in a cheap two bedroom that I shared with somebody. Like, yeah, it's nice to have your own space, but the little time that I was spending in an apartment, it wasn't worth spending that much more money to get it. It just, it didn't make sense to me. So I was happy to stay where I was. And after I realized what I was doing, then it was just like, oh, I'm definitely not moving now. Like after the first couple of years, I think moving out was almost like laziness. Like I'm set, my apartment's cheap, I'll just stay. But then after I started accumulating money, I was like, 
okay, now I'm definitely not moving. <laughs> I'm staying here until the end. And uh, that's kind of what I did. And that that was probably the top five most influential or impactful decisions that I made over my time in New York. And I would urge people to like, think about that. Why do you want the giant house or this super luxurious apartment or like the beautiful car? Like why? Why do you want all that stuff? And think about what are the opportunity costs? What can you do with yeah. that, that money somewhere else? To me, it was a no-brainer just because I already didn't care about the material stuff as much. And, and I get it. I'm weird. And like I, most people that will, like my brother is like, oh, what are you going to give up now? Or what are you not <laughs> buying now? Like all kinds of stuff. But I get it. I'm a very out there <laughs> case. That's what but, brothers should be doing. Um, they need to, they need to, you know, that's, that's yeah, a brother's yeah. job. So he's always busting my balls about something. But now I, now I think about what it allows me to do. And I'm super happy and grateful and, and I feel very fortunate. So the living below your means is not just like something that you can throw out there that doesn't have any meaning behind it. Really consider and think about and explore and research like why you're spending money on things that you don't necessarily need. Are they for sure? It's so interesting, Brian, because I think people spend because they've never considered the opportunity cost. You know, you, you, you've got a banking background, so somewhere in your travels, opportunity cost is something you know really well. But most yeah. people don't realize that if it accumulates, it becomes a stronger asset for you to make significant yeah. changes in your life. Yeah. Saving that pair of shoes versus that pair of shoes over five years is an investment that <laughs> that you can make. Yeah. So essentially you use the power of compounding during that time because you just weren't wasting money like 99% of the population would. Yeah. And what it did was um, it allowed me, and this is like going into like my kind of financial philosophy too after a while, like I bought in. I shouldn't say I bought in because that's the wrong way to look at it. It's not like a scam in some extent. It's just, it's all part of the system that we are kind of fed into. Yes, I funded my 401k for a number of years. And then after a while I stopped because I was like, I want this money now because there are things that have been coming my way, like investment opportunities. And I don't want this money that's sitting in my account until I'm 60 and I can't use. I want to be able to use it now to make money. But I wasn't able to do that until I instilled that sense of discipline, like stop funding your 401k for more shit to buy. It was like, these are things that are going to help me down the road. Yeah, you can leave your money in a 401k. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I don't want people <laughs> to like think he's like, oh, he doesn't say he just don't for yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Be smart with it. And if you have other things that you can use the money for now, I would say that's not necessarily a bad thing. And there's just other little things. It was like I looked at my 401k plan and it was like all the options that I had to invest in through my company's 401k plan were all these super expensive funds. And if you read anything about like um, investing in like Warren Buffett, for instance, is like his whole thing is low fee exchange traded funds. Like I'm in these funds that are charging me 3% management fees where I could buy something that attracts the whole S&P for 0.03% fee. And it's like, I want to be there. So I stopped funding the 401k so I could have the cash on my own. And I just put all my money in those sort of things that just track the market. But then that cash is available for me if investments come my way. And I've had I've made a few over the past few years, and I have some that are still like outstanding, and I still hold. But others that I've exited that have paid me well and that have done well for me, and I wouldn't have been able to do that had I spent money on what I consider dumb things, yeah. or if I stocked up my four hundred one k to be prepped for when I'm sixty. I just knew that that wasn't going to be my my game plan. I wasn't going to sit and be unhappy for thirty years. Or not not unhappy, but just yeah. not as happy as I could be. I just didn't want to like 
succumb to that. It was like, I don't want to do this. I don't have to do this. So let's think of alternative ways. So living below my means allowed me to do that, allowed me to take advantage of investment opportunities that came my way over the course of the year. And you can't really half do that. I mean, even in what you were talking about there, you were clear on the life that you wanted to build and the vehicle can't be half what the general populace does because that's not the vehicle or the life you're going to have. So that clarity at the start of how you want your life then needs to reflect in how you view your money, how you view your investments and the opportunities to do that. I mean, it's you sort of can't half do this, can you? You got to know what you want. Yeah, it depends. I mean, you could, if I'm using the, 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 the money management kind of thing, like, yeah, you could half fund a 401k and half save money if you want yeah. to kind of live elsewhere. I mean, you can do those sort of things, but I mean, it makes it tougher if you kind of half-ass the spending portion. <laughs> I'm going to use half my money to buy stupid things and then half my money. And I'm sorry, I keep saying stupid things. It's stupid to me. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm like, well, house isn't a stupid thing. Like, it's like, I'm not saying this. Yeah. It's just stupid things are like things that aren't getting me closer to where I want to be. It's distracting things, I should say. It's probably a better word to use. It's a kinder word to use. Distracting things. So I'll say that. But yeah, half spending on distracting things. Yeah, you can still do it. It's just not going to be as effective as if you kind of go all in. I mean, that's kind of what you want to do anyway, right? Know your plan and then move 100% in that direction. Like if you're trying to get somewhere, you're not going to like your plans over here and you're kind of meandering your way around. Like you want to take every step and every action that's going to kind of lead you in that direction. That's kind of what I started to do after I, after I realized what I had yeah. unknowingly started. You know? <laughs> Tell me this, you spend a lot of time, especially in the last 12 months traveling. So there's inevitably a lot of time alone. What have you learned most about yourself mm-hmm. in terms of this process? Because this is almost a modern day monk-like experience. It's like minimalist (laughs) living, focus on the things that drive you. There must be a lot of times where you're sitting there thinking. I'm alone a lot. I mean, I'm alone all the time. And that was one of the questions the guy asked me over the weekend. He's like, do you feel lonely? I'm like, no. I mean, there's sometimes where it'd be nice to have someone to like go eat dinner with. And and I can get that if I wanted it. And and then I actually had dinner with my neighbor like a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was nice. And, And it's, I, I, I make sure to keep in touch with my people at home, like even through social media or texting or phone calls, whatever. And I like to send postcards. Like, so I do that kind of stuff and it keeps me feeling like my people are close, even though they're not. But yeah, I do get a lot of alone time and I've learned about myself that I like peaceful, tranquil, kind of like undercrowded areas. Like after living in New York, I feel like it's just like a knee jerk reaction. Like I want the exact opposite, but I do like to be in spots where there's easily accessible nature. I'm looking out my window now and there's a mountain that's a little bit away and I can, I can literally run out my front door and run up to the top of it in 45 minutes. And I, and I like that. I enjoy that. It gives me even more alone time, like deeper alone time, you know, where I'm like, I have a task and like you can get into that state where it's just what people will call like a flow state where you're just focusing purely on what you're doing. There are certain things I need to do every day. And I, I understand those. And even, even when I was living with my girlfriend in Italy during the lockdown, like there's things that I knew that I needed. Even though I was with somebody, I did need alone time. Like I needed time to journal. I needed time to meditate. I needed time to read. I needed time to complete the tasks that I needed to do during the day. I need a little bit of routine. Like I need certain hours of the day where I know I can get things done and I can be by myself. And I've learned those things through 
this time alone. And it's nice to have that alone time. I mean, I, I enjoy it. It allows me to kind of like focus on what I need to do at this time. And maybe it's just because I'm focused on like getting my kind of like brand and message out there and figuring out how to do that. So maybe that's why right now I'm super focused on that. But if this project or when this project is more in a completed stage, maybe then I'll be like, okay, now I want some more people around. Like where, <laughs> where, are, where is everybody? So it's tough to say at this time, but it is nice to kind of be isolated to focus on what you want to work on if that's what you're doing at that specific time. So tell me about the steps forward now, because as you said, you're working on a project. What's the future? Because you're inevitably at the moment inspiring a lot of people that feel probably how you did in your mid-20s, sort of when you hit 30. So you can see them all starting to aggregate and even everyone I've been sort of telling, hey, follow this guy, just watch it. Thank and no, but I mean, thank you, because I can see a lot of them now. And I'll have to admit it, even myself, going for runs in the morning, doing my own routines, going, this doesn't have to be in a gym. Just go and enjoy outdoors, do what yeah. you got to do, yeah. start on a positive yeah. note, because we all remember it, but we, so you don't, but others like us, we get lazy at times. And we're sitting there going, it's just nice to be outdoors, making everything a gym. It's but very nice. what's the next step for Simple Man Guide and you? Where, where, where are you heading? What are you hoping the next steps with this personal brand now? Um, I want to kind of share more of kind of like my mindset. I think that's where, and I, and I use my network and my reach on Instagram to kind of tell me where I should head next with what I share yeah. and what I try to spread. And it's, it's weird. Like you're, you're living the lifestyle and I just think of it as normal. It's just normal for me, but people are like, oh, this is so interesting that you do this. Why do you do this? And why are you here? And so then I start to think about like, oh, okay. So these are things that people have questions about yeah. or are curious about. I should start sharing more of those. So I think my next thing is kind of like, what is my, or what was my mindset or my process or my actions that have led me to here? Kind of what we just talked yeah. through now. Yeah. I find that people find the fitness interesting, but there's a lot of other things that people are more curious about. So I think kind of expanding that simple man guide message beyond fitness, you yeah. know, like, and I think the brand and the name, it still kind of works, right? Absolutely. Like it's not just fitness based and it doesn't have to be just fitness based. So I'd like to expand into that and use it for a little more. And if there are ways to inspire others to do things that they want to do and just to kind of question what they are doing and figure out if it's what they want to do. And, and I want to be able to help people do that. And I'm kind of using, again, using the questions I get and what people what information people are trying to pull out of me. I want to be more forthcoming and, and just that's the kind of stuff I want to share with people because I have to stop looking at it as like normal. <laughs> it's normal for me, but it might not be normal for everybody else. And if it's helpful, I mean, I'd love to share and, and whatever I've learned or experienced with others, if it can help them. So I think that's kind of the next part for me is to figure out what the best way is to share more of my mindset lifestyle uh, to help others. In the minds of your audience right now, if it was all said and done, what would you most like to be remembered for? That's a great question. Wow. Um, Sorry to throw you straight under the bus. It's probably so good. <laughs> <laughs> just a simple one. Yeah, it's uh, six fifty. Let's just talk about it. total legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, total legacy. Um, I would say, I would say, kind of questioning norms, norms, and doing things that you want to do. Making sure what you are doing and the path you're on is the path that you want to be on. No one else. We get influences from everybody from an early age, from parents, from teachers, from from friends, from colleagues. It's hard to 
break out of that kind of system that's been built for us. And it's all part of a system that's been built to kind of like benefit the powers that be. Everything keeps us spending, everything keeps us working and kind of heads down and like in a controlled manner, almost subliminally. I mean, even though we don't, we may not realize that, I mean, that's essentially what is happening and how everything has been designed. Yeah. And that's how every everybody kind of falls into place. And you don't have to- rigged. It's, it, I mean, it's, if you think about it, I'm not making that up. I mean, that's it's designed a certain right. way for a certain reason, and it's to control and have everybody um, operate in the same manner, behave in the same way. And like, you don't have to follow that. There are other ways. And like, when I stop to think about like, do I really want to do this until I'm 65? Like, you get one shot at this. And 65 is guaranteed to no one. I don't want to wait that long. And I definitely don't want to be able to like see these cool things all around me and be 65 and be like, well, if I did this when I was 35, I would have been able to run up that. Like now I can. I, I It's just I didn't want to wait. I just didn't want to wait. And trying to change my mindset from the fact that like I needed to have this huge nest egg where like I'm fully funded for the rest of my life. Like I still honestly... and. I still stress about that because I'm not at a point where like I can say piss off and I'm done working, but I've adjusted my mindset to be like the money that I've saved just has to get me to my next project. I'm not looking to retire and do nothing. I'm looking to do things that I want to do. And I've been able to set myself up where I can just pursue opportunities that I want to pursue. I don't have to pursue opportunities that I have to pursue because I have to maintain this lifestyle that I've built for myself. So I would say like, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but just question, question everything and make sure you're doing what you want to do because you don't have to do it the way that we're made to think we have to do it. That's brilliant, Brian, because I, I think we all know someone that we've met in our life and they say, I wish I did that 20 years ago. And I actually think you're the guy that's the only guy that I've oh, met wow. going, that's <laughs> I did it 20 years ago and it was strategic. It was purposeful. And I pulled the trigger. And for me, your superpower, and I know that's why people are clinging onto this because it takes a level of boldness to do it. And I actually think you're championing a new way of living for a lot of people. As I said, I've got nothing but total respect. And for everyone else who's listening. Thank you so much. It's, it's you. important because a lot of people that realize they can be happy in a number of different ways and they're not caught in the norms of society. And I just think Make sure you hit up Brian and all his Instagrams. Show him a lot of love and support and watch the journey because he's actually annoyingly so genuinely the same guy that you'll see on Instagram. And even him <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, someone's contacted me on social media. I just spent 45 minutes talking to him to get him on his way. I mean, this guy's got thousands of followers. I just, Brian, as, as I said, I'm very, I'm thankful for our thank friendship. You, thank you. I will say I'm very happy for Adam to have introduced Me us too. because if I don't mention his name on this, he's going to be furious. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll get a message from him. Exactly. Like, I said this exactly. <laughs> We love you, dudes. As I said, Brian, it's just, it's incredibly inspiring. And I, and I thank you for doing you and letting all of us share into this journey because it does make us question all the things that we're still considering a norm. And um, thanks again. On behalf of all our listeners for joining us today, mate, you're a legend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful to have met you and Alana, two wonderful people. And I'm so glad that Adam made that happen when we were both in Byron. <laughs> Who'd have thought we'd both be in Byron Bay at the same time? I'm super grateful that it worked out that way. It's so, been so great keeping in touch with you guys and meeting you guys. I'm so happy. I look forward to our paths crossing again, my friend, somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. Come over. Thanks for your time, man. <laughs> as soon as you guys can leave Melbourne, yeah. I heard you can't yeah. leave Melbourne. I'll see you in 10 years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening and a special thank you to Brian for getting up so early to share his story with us because I couldn't work out time zones. I highly suggest you reaching out to Brian and following the simple man guide on all the links below. He produces beautiful content that can help you perform better in all areas of your life. And of course, you can head on over to backable.ai to access all the downloadables we put together. And if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. Well, that's all from us for now. Have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.